0: The crew all season long on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings. Now live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios in downtown Milwaukee at the Avenue, here is your host, Dominic Cotronio.
1: I promise it's not me. It's not me. My run differential this series is 21 to 1. It's not my fault. I promise. I'm not that superstitious. Ah! Brewers get shut out, 3-0. Yikes. They lose the series. They won't see each other again for four months. September 18th is the next time these two teams meet. And just on a grander note here to begin the show, I mean, it could look very, very, very different for both teams the next time these two teams see each other. And I know we don't look at standings, but hey, the Cardinals are hot. They're playing better. We knew that wasn't going to be the case all year long. That lineup is too deep. The Brewers are currently five games over five hundred. The Cardinals are currently eight games under five hundred. Brewers currently holding a six and a half lead on the Cardinals, one game lead on the Pirates. Pirates won tonight, by the way. So that's that's shrunk a little bit. You're not going to get really the chance to gain ground on St. Louis under your own power. Granted, there are seven head-to-head games there at the end, which maybe could work to your favor if it's coming out to the division. Because with projections and the way things look, I mean, I'd, I'd be shocked if a wild-card team comes out of the Central. You know, you get the three division winners and then the three wild-cards. I mean, I could see... You know, two going in the east, whether it be the Mets or the Phillies, or then maybe even two in the west with the Dombacks continue to play great baseball. Who knows what the Padres are doing? It's going to be tough for it to be coming out of the central. So don't rely on that extra wild card, but just got to make sure you get it. But that's way too far down the road. We're here to talk about tonight, 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. I want to talk about the big play with Rowdy here right off the bat. Uh, in case you're not familiar with what happened. We uh, go to the bottom of the sixth inning. And Brendan Donovan is on first base with one out. Alec Burleson hits a ground ball to first. Rowdy fields the baseball, steps on first, so they get the second out. And Pump fakes a throw to second, ends up hanging on to the baseball. Everyone was confused why for a moment. Looking at the replay... Donovan is running in the infield grass, blocking the view of Rowdy, knowing he's left-handed, so he's going to throw on in the inside of the base path to try to tag him out. So, Rowdy eats it and doesn't throw it. And then Paul DeYoung hits a two-run homer, the next batter, to the center field to make a one nothing game into a 3 nothing game, which was the final. First things first, before we complain about whether or not Rowdy should have thrown the ball... Don't give up a two-run homer to Paul DeYoung. Corbin Burns would tell you that, too. Corbin would say he did not execute the pitch properly. I had a chance to get us out of the inning, and I didn't. That's not on Rowdy. That's on me not doing my job. And that's what Corbin would tell you. And I think that's the right take. Don't give up a two-run homer to Paul DeYoung. And you say, well, Dom, he wasn't even supposed to be batting if Rowdy makes a play. You don't know that. You don't know that. For one... If Rowdy makes that throw and it hits Donovan, the rule is so gray in that the runner establishes his running lane in the base paths, right, because there's no chalk. So the runner establishes his base path at second base. I do not, and I'm 100% serious on this, I do not know what the umpire would have called there. And that's not like a mistrust thing. That's not a, oh, the umpire stink tick. No, that's just a... This is how hairy that rule gets. So you throw the ball, it hits Donovan, you don't get the call. Maybe it hits off Donovan and goes into left center field and Donovan ends up on third and it's the same situation or a a wild pitch, whatever. Like, crazier things can happen. And I get the other end saying, well, just throw the ball and see what happens. Okay, well, if he throws the ball and sees what happens, what if he completely misses Donovan, doesn't get the call, it goes into left field, and Donovan somehow comes around to score? But then you're saying, well, well, what if he did get the call? Fine! Throw the ball! But at the same time, don't give up a two run homer to Paul DeYoung and you don't have to talk about it. That's my thought. Just getting hot into the collar about it, of everybody getting in my mentions like, well, he should have just thrown the ball. He should have just thrown the ball. Rowdy saw that a man was in the grass, and you're thinking, oh, we'll just adjust to throw it over him. All right, well, he's going to be safe, because now you got to lob a ball perfectly over a base runner. Oh, just throw it on the outside of the path. Well, he's already set up and ready to throw on the inside, so he's got to take two steps, throw off balance, with his weight throwing away from second base, as a left-handed thrower. That's going to be tough, too. I think we all need to take a breath and realize sometimes eating it is okay, especially with the way Corbin Burns was throwing the ball to that point in the game. Paul DeYoung has channeled 2019 Paul DeYoung as of late, but at the same time, I'd pick Corbin Burns facing Paul DeYoung every day, and so would you. So let's not overreact about the fact that Rowdy didn't throw the ball, but more about, like, man, are you serious? Paul DeYoung hits a two-run homer after getting a free out? If you want to say it's the Cardinals' voodoo magic, that's fine. But the Brewers... And specifically, Corbin Burns, he pitched so well tonight in just two at-bats, two at-bats. This is the razor-thin margin when your offense is not doing anything, is in a game. He walks Paul Goldschmidt when he was ahead 0-2 in the first inning. He ends up coming around to score the game's first run on a couple of infield hits, right? Then he gives up the two-run homer to the young there in the in the sixth inning, But he got out of the tightrope. He wiggled off the tightrope in the 4th inning with the bases loaded and nobody out. And DeYoung was in that list. So he can do it. Corbin was just a hair off tonight. But the real story, the reason why the Brewers lost this game, obviously in a shutout, getting no runs, but the runners in scoring position, it continues to show its head. The offense is ice cold. You're frustrated. I get it. 0 0 for 8 with runners in scoring position? It's just, you're not going to win games doing that. And now the Brewers are averaging less than four runs a game in the month of May. They've fallen back down to earth. Things are not great. Not great, Bob. <laughs> it's going to be we got to figure out what's going to happen. I know it's May, but we're starting getting to get to this weird point where you know who you are. Right? The Brewers are now learning they're not as good of an offense as they thought they were. They're learning the league has made an adjustment back to them. So now they have to figure out what's happening to make the adjustment back. And I'm reading a tweet here from Adam McAlvey out in the clubhouse, out in St. Louis. This is exactly what I'm talking about with Rowdy Tellez, with the, with the base running play. Craig Counsel, quote, on the base running prior to the young homer, that's perfectly legal. It's a legal play that's good base running, end quote. See what I mean? Even if he hits them, I don't think they're making that call. Because he established his running lane. He went straight to the grass, and that was his lane until the last possible second. It is such a weird rule. The reason why I want to change the rule is just simply say, don't step in the grass. If you step in the grass, you're out. But then you get, well, wait a minute, what if he's trying to dodge a tag and he steps in the grass? That's why the gray rule exists. Weird night. Just weird. Weird play. Score more than zero runs and you have a chance. I mean, we can all get mad about that base running play, but the Brewers scored zero runs, right? That's the reason they lost the game. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. Stay with us. More to come here on Brewers Extra Innings.
0: Welcome back to Brewers Extra
1: Innings. <laughs> Real ones, no. Not great, Bob. Well, John Hamm is a Cardinals fan. It's Mad Men theme in case you didn't know. Thanks to Isaac Marquardt, our producer tonight. I'm Dominic Catronio. This is Brewers Extra Innings presented by Fifth Third Bank with a local Milwaukee team. Fifth Third also knows how to hit it out of the park. They've been serving businesses in the area for nearly 15 years, offering industry-specific expertise and local decision-making capabilities to help your business succeed. This is commercial banking value only Fifth Third can deliver. Fifth Third Bank National Association. Member FDIC. Uh, I look up and down this box score here. Craig Kishan's going to join us shortly. Owen Miller, three for four. I mean, this dude continues to hit. He's got a 19-game on base streak. He's got a 10-game hitting streak. It's now the second longest on the team this year. He's hitting 350. He's playing left field. He's in the leadoff spot in place of Christian Elch, who's got a bad back all of a sudden. Hopefully the off day tomorrow will help him get back on track. But I look up and down this box score. He gets three hits. The rest of the team had four. Yeah, they drew six walks. Owen had one of them, and he's not a guy that draws a lot of walks. But, again, you're not going to win games when you go 0-9 for with runners in scoring position. Just simply can't do it. Libertor pitched well, and this is different from Flaherty on Monday. Flaherty pitched extremely well, and then it got out of hand with the offense. I think Libertor pitched okay, but the Brewers let him off the hook multiple times. Right? They had him on the ropes almost, they had multiple, they had guys on multiple times against Libertory, Libertory, and they could not cash in. And you'll hear Craig Council's comments in just a little bit that they just could not cash in. The walk and single in the second by Anderson and Caratini, but then Weimer strikes out. Uh, they get the double by Miller. He gets left stranded on third. He gets to second with one out, left stranded on third. Uh, then, Two-out double by Tyrone Taylor off the wall. Controversial. I thought they made the right call there personally. Come at me with torches and pitchforks if you want. I'll show you the replay that I saw that I said, you know what, that hit the top of the wall. I get it. Uh, And then Caratini strikes out looking. Or then leadoff walk in the sixth, grounded into a double play against Palante. Then you get two guys on again with two outs, and Caratini strikes out, right? It was just that kind of a day. Stop and start, stop and start. Nothing really hit terribly well other than Tyrone Taylor's homer, or wasn't a homer. But the Brewers, just one of those nights with the offense that we're seeing far too offense as of late. And now, they got to get ready for the Tampa Bay Rays, who just got beat by the by the Mets in dramatic fashion, a Pete Alonzo, three-run homer. But you look at it, they're still the best team in baseball as of now. They've got Randy Rosarena. Isak Paredes is on fire right now. It's not going to get easier. And then you come home and you get the Astros, who just came back to sweep the Cubs, they just walked off the Cubs. They were down six to one. They won it seven to six. Then Astros Monday through Wednesday. Then you get the Giants, who just beat you two out of three at their place a couple of weeks ago. And then you go to Toronto, who's white hot right now as well. It's not getting easier. And it's not early anymore. This is this team needs to start hitting the alarm and say, like, all right, like adjust, adapt or die, as the phrase goes. They'll have to figure things out ASAP as of now. And against the Cardinals, Josh Maurer had this stat at the end of the uh, broadcast. Against the Cardinals now, the Brewers, three losses. They have scored a combined one run. Shutout here in Milwaukee, 6-0. Shutout tonight, 3-0. And also on Monday, be 18-1. Again, not great, Bob. (laughs) Just Tough. Really tough right now. It's so odd because Mark agrees here too. Mark texting in. Goes to show the caliber of the Brewers. 23 runs against two of the cellar dwellers. In the one game that they can muster to win out of the three, they only get by by one run. The offense is in a weird rut. You can do it against the Royals, but like we said heading into this series, it was against the Royals. That was your get right series. Try to generate momentum into a team that you know is going to get better as the season goes on. And they lose two out of three. Is it the end of the world? No. But is it a reason to start having a little bit of a raised blood pressure? play? Well, like, I see that's going wrong. Willie's ice cold right now. How many times did he come up with runner on base? I mean, there in the third, he had he got robbed on the great play by DeYoung. He drew the lead off walk in the sixth. Then he was retired in the seventh, and he was retired to end the game. William Contreras, 0 for 5 tonight. Ice cold at the top of the order. So Contreras, Adamas, Ruff, Telez pinch hit for him, and Anderson. Granted, Anderson drew two walks. We're all over. It was the Owen Miller-Tyrone Taylor show tonight, and that's not going to win you a lot of games. Take a quick breather. Craig Sean's going to join us on the other side of the break. Stay with us. Brewers Extra Innings.
0: This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. A 3
1: 0 defeat at the hands of the Cardinals. It's one thing to lose to the Cardinals, it's another thing to get shut out. And that's been the theme this year for the Brew Crew against the Redbirds. I'm Domina Catronio. Craig Kishan is with us right now. And Craig, we sat and watched the game together. And it's just one of those nights. And even last night, to a certain extent, was like this, too. This offense needs something good to happen to them, specifically with a runner in scoring position.
2: Yeah, it's been really rough. Um, this month of May has really been uh, you know, a turn of events for where this offense was going in the month of April. Now, did we expect it to stay at a high level? I don't know if we expected it to stay at the high level that we saw, but I, but I saw so much improvement from what we really have seen from the Brewer offense in the last year or two, to be honest with you, and I thought maybe a few of the pieces of, of the puzzle were in place. Uh, But they're, you know, they're, they're hitting a rough patch here right now. And unfortunately you only have a couple of guys maybe at the most who are hitting well, and that's not enough when you're obviously turning that uh, batting order around nine at a time here. I mean, Owen Miller uh, is a solid piece to the equation, which has been happening lately, but you didn't acquire him to be your everyday leadoff guy and, your table setter. I mean, this is, this is a good stretch, but they haven't taken advantage of that uh, to its full extent either. So it's just things like that. Christian Yelich getting, getting hot over the weekend against Kansas city and barely played in this series against uh, the Cardinals. Didn't play the last two games because of some back tightness and, and you hope that's not going to be anything that's going to be, you know, too much down the stretch here. Um, so it's, it's things like that, that, you know, obviously haven't gone right for Milwaukee. Brian Anderson cooled off after a hot April. Um, so did Contreras. I mean, you can go up and down this line here right now. And it, uh, you know, even, even Tyrone Taylor, you know, is a boost at times, but he still was batting one ninety seven going into his last at bat. So, um, you, you can't look at any big numbers here right now. Offensively. That's for sure.
1: I mean, looking at the month of May, Willie Adamas is hitting 158 with a 503 OPS. He's got 16 strikeouts in the month of May. And then William Contreras is only hitting one point better for his batting average, 159, with a 616 OPS. I mean, those are, you know, you're... Two and three hitters on most nights right there. And they're both scuffling. That's one reason you can point to this offense. At least Yelich and Miller are doing something right now. But to be fair to those guys, it's been a lot of base runners, but no one driving in, right? The on base percentage for a few of these guys at the top of the order. Yelly's got a nearly a 400 on base this month. Even Bryce Tarang has a 340 on base. Jesse Winker has a 410 on base this month. It's truly as simple as Somebody get a hit with a runner in scoring position. We thought this was the offense it was going to be, where just get a hit, pass the baton, and move on. That is not happening right now. What's it going to take to fix that?
2: Well, I mean, somehow these these guys are going to have to start clicking and understanding. You know, maybe some better at bats. Um, you know, maybe it's a dose of of small ball. Um, you know, it, it's hard to say w- with the approach that they have offensively here. But I mean, they've got a they've got a collection of guys who can do this. Um, but obviously, right now, I, I think you know, if if we're out of answers for that, it's certainly not not easy. That's for sure. Um, and I think you know, I I think the other thing you know, Dom is every single night you have two rookies for the most part that are out there still learning the major league offensive game and Bryce Terang and Joey Weimer. And that's two out of your nine guys every night that you're not hundred percent sure, you know, where their offensive attack is going either. So um, when you start whittling this down to, you know, who are the guys you're supposed to be counting on, you know, Yelich at the top of the order, uh, Winker for that matter, uh, Adamas, Contreras, you know, you went over their numbers already, Rowdy Telez. It just hasn't – I mean, these aren't 300 hitters. That's – you know, they're barely uh, – any of them are 270 hitters here at this point. So finding a way to get on base um, and and having some clutch hits. 0 for 9 with runners in scoring position, 12 left on base uh, in this one tonight. Unfortunately, is too much of a common theme. They've been shut out five times already, and we're not even, what, 50 games into the season, are we? I mean, that right. just can't continue.
1: Right, that's, a, that's an alarming trend this early in the season to have that many shutouts. We'll talk difference-making moment and hot and cold coming up a little bit later on in the program. We're with Craig Kishon. This is Brewers Extra Innings. This is
0: Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Craig is still with us. I'm Dom.
1: We're still with you. Don't worry, man. It's getting real, though. It's May 17th. This is when things start to turn into, all right, let's see what you're made of. And this is going to be a weekend the Brewers really have to show what they're made of against Tampa Bay Rays. We'll preview that series in just a moment. Right now, it's time for a difference-making moment of the game. Brought to you by Annex Wealth Management. They're different, not driven by commission sales, not pushing financial products you may not actually need, but for elite, comprehensive financial planning that's customized to who you are and what you need. Contact Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference. AnnexWealth.com. Craig, I think we have similar ones tonight, like we did on Monday night. But I'll let you have the floor first. What was your difference-making moment?
2: Well, for for me, it's hard not to look at that uh, that would be home run from Tyrone Taylor in the fourth inning. That was uh, after a replay review was overturned. That was not a home run. Hit the top of the fence instead of over the top of the fence. Um, and then Tyrone Taylor sitting at second base uh, with two outs and, and doesn't score. Um, I mean, that if the game's tied at that point, I mean, when that ball left the park, everyone was feeling great, right? 1-1 game, brand new game, we're halfway through this one, it's the fourth inning, here we go. Uh, it was taken away, and the air goes out of the balloon, and you're like, oh, somehow it's the Cardinal way again. You know, things just not going uh, the Brewers' way in so many different uh, forms and fashions. So, to me, that's my turning point tonight.
1: That's a great pick, and we've already talked plenty about the Rowdy Telez play of him not throwing the ball, then DeYoung hitting the home run, but for me, I'm going to go to the top of that sixth inning when Rowdy hit into a 6-3 double play after the leadoff walk from Willie Adamas because that was when Andre Pellante came into the game and by the way, Palante has reverse splits. Now, the Brewers have their philosophy that they're going to live and die with the platoon. As many folks have pointed out, they maybe stick to their guns a little bit too much in that regard. That Palante righties hit better against him, even though he's a right-handed pitcher, than lefties do, and he gets to to grind into the 6-3 double play. Yes, the Brewers got two more runners on after that, but the fact that you went to the guy that you wanted in that situation, and he grounds into a double play... That's the kind of stuff that just drives you mad because you think you're making a manager move that's going to help the team win, but when the, it doesn't perform, it's always going to backlash and look a lot worse
2: than it actually was. Yeah, I mean, even if even if somehow Rowdy hits into a fielder's choice and and then you get Anderson to walk and and Tyrone Taylor to get another single, all of a sudden you're you're in good shape if you haven't, you know, tied the game already at that point. So yeah, very, very disappointing, and just a, another classic example of how this night went for the Brewers. Just the lack of clutch hitting, um, and again, though another double play. Um, they're they're still leading the league. If I think either leading or tied for the lead and hitting into double plays, and um, somehow, I mean, it goes back to a few minutes ago. You know, when when we were talking, how do things change for this team? Um things like that, Dom, are – I mean, double plays are killers, man. They're they're, they're end-inning in for you, take you completely out of opportunities, and, and we've seen that over and over and over again with this club so far this year. Yeah, just to look at it, and
1: I talked about this after the Dodgers series, where those guys just sell out for fly balls no matter the situation, right? They lead the league in fly ball, right? You do damage with fly balls, right? They don't mind if you swing and miss. They'd rather you hit a fly ball and pop out than – hit a ground ball, and I specifically point to remember when Mookie came up with the bases loaded against Wade Miley, and he popped out, but then Freddie Freeman hits the two-run single, then the game got out of hand from there. That's a perfect example of what I'm talking about, because it seems like the Brewers, in their philosophy, is put the ball in play and good things happen, which normally is a good idea, but for a guy like Grouty Tellez, who's never going to beat out a double play ball, maybe it's, you know what, take a big swing and do some damage, If you swing and miss, that's honestly, we'd rather you strike out than take a double play because when I look at the numbers, yes, the Brewers still lead baseball with 41 double plays hit into this year, yet their batting average is only 239. The Dodgers technically have a worse batting average in the Brewers at 231, but they've also hit 21 more homers than them, and they've hit into the fewest double plays in baseball this year, only 14 of them. So I think they're on to something with that.
2: Yep, and, you know, the Dodgers are always doing something a little bit differently, uh, and, and you know this. I'm sure you've talked about it a lot on your shows, what whether it's even offensively or what they do, you know, defensively for for their pitchers on the mound and, and uh, how they prepare for opposing batters. Um, they've got something going on that's beyond just – uh, getting high-priced talent. I mean, that that certainly is a, a key. There's no question about that. But, you know, I, I, I do say that's not a bad philosophy to buy into, and it's a hard one to argue, that's for sure.
1: Uh, looking ahead here, before we let you go, Craig, looking ahead, it's going to be tough. The Tampa Bay Rays, yes, they lost tonight, but I don't care. They've been off to an epic start this season. You also are not going to have Wade Miley since he's on the injured list. Uh, you obviously don't have Brandon Woodruff. You've got to figure out what's going on in the starting rotation. Looking ahead, on Friday, it'll be good old TBA for the Rays against Adrian Hauser. Saturday, both teams are TBA. Sunday, it's Freddie Peralta against TBA. Now, the, the Rays are dealing with a lot of injuries in their starting rotation. Drew Rasmussen is out for a while. Uh, they had a setback. Uh, in the rehab of Tyler Glass now. So they've got a lot going on in their pitching staff on the starting side, but they will definitely throw out better openers and do things unorthodox. But, man, can they hit this Brewers pitching staff, which is not at full strength is going to have their hands full.
2: Yeah, and think about how this has gone for uh, the Brewers facing some heavy-hitting clubs really in a, in that two-week stretch. You know, the, the Dodgers, of course, um, and and then now St. Louis – you got Tampa coming up this weekend and it almost doesn't matter, you know, that the Brewers have a better pitching staff maybe on paper or even through some injuries are still battling, you know, and, and doing their thing. But uh, night in and night out though, for a series to face these, these offensive teams that are so uh, hitter heavy for, you know, three games, four games at a time, it's, it's going to be tough. I mean, they're they are going to have to bear down. You know, Adrian on Friday night is is gonna have to dig deep. He's gotta he's gotta do the thing that we've been asking him to do now for the last couple of years and take that next step. I mean, this is this again for Adrian Adrian Hauser, you know, for a probably a good stretch coming up, Dom, is, is gonna be opportunity for him that could be a difference maker in, in his career and where he's gonna go here, uh, because he's gonna have to start, period. He can't fail. And be taken out of that starting uh, rotation at all and put in the bullpen. That's not where they need help. Uh, so he's got to bear down, do his thing, and and get a little deeper in the ball games right now. Keep keep the crew within striking distance, and um, you know you, you just hope for this road trip in Tampa, two out of three, if he can get it. And then you know coming back home, same thing right now until they figure out how they're going to hold this pitching staff together and what they can do offensively to get back on track. I mean, somehow they need to gain some of that consistency back. They can't keep going like this. At least Owen Miller's got him.
1: You know, Owen Miller keeps doing what he's doing. Hopefully that can spread to the rest of this offense after the off day tomorrow. Craig, next time we'll be talking to you. Down, yeah, go for it.
2: I'm always going to say this, man. If if you're talking to Owen Miller and he's positive to me, it's always Miller time, man. Always
1: Miller time. <laughs> That's like his glove says. I love it. I love it. He's got the best glove in the league. Craig Gishon with the takes. He'll be with us again next weekend when the Giants are in town. Craig, thanks as always for your insight, my friend. All right, pal. Have a good weekend. All right. Enjoy the off day, and uh, we'll be back with who's hot and who's cold. Pretty easy answers to those. That's coming up next.
0: This is Brewers Extra Innings.
1: It's a loss, and it may be worse than that with uh, waiting on further word on Wade Miley. pregame. We did not know exactly the extent of his lat strain that he sustained last night against the Cardinals. They're going to get multiple opinions, according to Craig Counsel, which can be cause for alarm or concern, but we'll have to wait and see on Wade Miley, probably through the weekend on what an actual diagnosis is for him. That'll lead us, though, to our who's hot and who's cold. It's brought to you by Cider Heating, Cooling, and Electrical for a limited time. You can save up to $1,000 off an A.C. or a furnace unit, families helping families. Since 1912, Trusting your family's comfort at home with cider, heating, plumbing, and electrical at cider, S-E-I-D-E-R dot com. So who's called the Burrs offense? You, you saw that coming. 0 for 9 with runners in scoring position. Tough sledding right now. And when you look at their league ranks, specifically with runners in scoring position, it has not been the same as it was last year. They were a solid team with runners in scoring position a year ago. This year, they have fallen back toward the middle of the pack at a two hundred forty eight batting average. But here's what's crazy with runners in scoring position. As far as actually driving in runs with runners in scoring position, don't be judging by batting average. Judging by actually how much production you're doing with it. They've only driven in 121 RBIs with a run in scoring position. Now, they may not sound, that may sound like an odd number to talk about but that's tied for the eighth fewest in baseball with runners in scoring position. So that's not exactly a uh, great number to continue to highlight to say, ah, "Yeah, they're hitting 240 something no I, I, I want to see actual production, actual getting the job done with runners in scoring position. The obvious answer for who's hot is Owen Miller. I mean, what a streak he is on right now. Uh, again, a now 19 base, uh, 19 game on-base streak uh, in a 10-game hitting streak. It's the second-longest hitting streak of the season for the Brewers. Uh, during this on-base streak for Owen Miller, here are his numbers. It all started back on April 17th. He's hitting 369 with an on-base of 391. So only a 22-point differential, meaning he's not drawing walks. That's not his thing. He's also not striking out. He's only drawn three walks. He's only struck out eight times. But seven doubles, a homer. 24 hits in those 21 games. He's got a 914 OPS. If he's going to be lead leadoff hitter when Yelich isn't in the order, sign me up. That's good news. So he's hot, obviously, to say the least. Also, the update we got on Christian Yelich is that hopefully the off day tomorrow gets him back on track. Yelich said he's had worse back flare-ups before than this, and he's convinced that getting a couple of days off, and plus they started back-to-back lefty, so who knows if he was actually going to be in there. He's played almost every game this year, too. Leads me to another guy that's played every game, Willie Adamas. I gotta wonder if he's gonna get an off day this weekend. If he continues to struggle the way he has, I know he insists on wanting to play every single game. But I, w- I want to see the dude hit a reset. It, it's He just needs a breather right now. He's trying to hit his way out, and it's not quite working yet. And He's been getting his work in with Ozzy Timmons. I've seen him in the early work. It hasn't clicked yet for him. With all of that said, let's hear from the manager, Craig Council.
3: Yeah, um, yeah, we just we just didn't get the hit with one man on base. You know, kind of had some traffic, a lot of innings, or a runner on, in a lot of innings, and the hit with the runner on base, or the, the extra base hit with the runner on base, never happened. How tough was like Tyrone? You know, that would have been a game tying homer, and then it's just like inches, right? Yeah, I mean, just this is the nature of the game. There's a lot of plays that. The inches matter, and unfortunately, it was just just a couple inches short. I feel like there's just a lot of those tonight that those little breaks kind of added up. From that really yeah, I mean, they made a good defensive play to keep a run. I mean, Gorman made a nice play on Willie to to uh, take a run off the board. The certainly the Taylor ball for sure. Um, you know, but we just in the end we just didn't. You know, it's still a zero, and, and uh, we needed, needed a bigger hit, like, you know, an extra base hit, I should say, with, with the men on base. Craig, another big moment in that game was um, Donovan sort of running inside the line with, with Rowdy. Yeah. Um, did that one stand out to you? Did anybody sort of think he might have been out of the line? No, that's perfectly legal. Yeah, it's that's a, that's a legal play. It's um, good base running, and it's perfectly legal. What did you think of Corbin tonight? I thought Corbin was really good. I mean, I, you know, it's, um, he pitched well. He was in a groove. Um, you know, a lot of good stuff. Probably just the one pitch back and um, to, to DeJong, but I thought he pitched great. I mean, getting out of that base little jam, I thought he really showed, you know, kind of took his game up a level there and, and did a great job keeping us in the game right there. Um, so pitched pitch very well. Nice play by Vic on that one too, though. Yeah. Yeah, it was a very good, very good play. I mean, that they got into that situation on a couple of infield hits. You know, really nothing happened there. For Owen, you can't really probably ask for more from him than what he's giving you when he's in there. Yeah, I mean, he's swinging the bat really good. Um, I mean, he's he's at a this is two series in a row now where he's he's locked in and um, you know he's been at the top of the order and he's doing a heck of a job. You don't control this, but is it weird to think you're not going to see them again for two? Yeah, I mean, it's just it's the nature of the schedule this year. Um, so
1: we'll see him in September, I guess. Yeah, see you in September. Not much else to say about a 3-0 loss. We'll play a couple of highlights and try to break down this game a little bit. That's coming up next on Brewers Extra Innings.
0: This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ.
1: So what is there to say about a 3 nothing loss? Well, we got a couple highlights to play and try to break down and make sense of this. I do want to pick things up, though. One of my big plays that I circled in my scorebook here on the bottom of the first inning, I mentioned it earlier in the show, the fact that with one out, nobody on, Corbin Burns getting going, he had Paul Goldschmidt 0-2, and he ends up walking him on four straight pitches. Then Nolan Gorman singles into right field, but Goldschmidt just went first to second. Or, excuse me, he did go first and third on that one. And then with runners on the corners, Nolan Aranato hit a ball up the third baseline that, quite frankly, only Nolan Aranato would have a chance to make that play on. It's an infield hit. Goldschmidt scores, and that would be the only run of the inning. Burns would hunker down, strike out Contreras, and get Donovan to ground out. So there was no damage further than that, but from 0-2 to a full-count walk is the reason why Goldschmidt got on. That's one of the big plays that I circled on this. The other big play I circled... Impacted the Brewers, not getting a bounce their way. It was an exciting moment for a second with Tyrone Taylor.
3: Here comes Tyrone Taylor. High fly ball, deep in the left center field, Taylor. Back goes Newtbar onto the
0: track, looking up. Goodbye. It's a home run to tie the game.
1: Not so fast in my Lee Corso voice. It was reviewed by the crew chiefs, and they determined it to be a double off the top of the wall. I once again reiterate, I think they got the call right. That right field foul line view where you could just see straight in on the supermo. I thought that ball hit the top of the wall and came back in. I, I It sucks, but sometimes you just got to say, all right, they got it right. So a two-out double instead of a game-tying homer, and he gets left stranded after Victor Caratini would end up striking out. And then we go to the bottom of the sixth inning. Burns is still out there, and he's rolling. After he got out of a hell of a jam with the bases loaded and nobody out in the fourth inning, and he, you know, let out the primal scream, as uh, Sophia Minert put it on the broadcast tonight, that he was, you know, fired up again. Good to see him get out of that jam. He had to get out of another jam here. Brendan Donovan singled up the middle with one out. Alec Burleson hit a ground ball to first base that Teles fielded, stepped on the bag, and then decided to eat it. Didn't throw it to second because Donovan. Perfectly legal was running in the grass as his base path. So Telez decided not to make a bigger error and throw it at him or throw it over his head or anything. He'd still be reaching base. And again, that's a perfectly legal play. It would not, it's his base path. It's a weird gray area of the rule. But he, it was a smart baseball play, and it's frustrating that the Cardinals do it. But then the fact is, he had to get one more out. And when you give one more out to anybody, bad things happen. 1 1
0: pitch. Drive out to center, Weimer going back to the track at the wall. It is ball. Paul DeYoung. It's his fifth of the year. It's a two run shot. The Cardinals lead at three to nothing.
1: Paul DeYoung suddenly partying like it's 2019. I mean, who knew? And that would be the story of the game tonight. Just wanted to circle those plays. We have plenty of discourse about it. We can talk about it more tomorrow night on Brewers Weekly, 8 o'clock live on WTMJ or in your podcast feeds in Brewers All
0: Access. We'll wrap up the show right after this. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ.
1: We're going to have full reaction and get you ready for the Rays on Brewers Weekly Thursday night, 8 o'clock for the off day. We got Brewers extra innings for you all weekend long. There'll be a just pulling up the uh, first pitch times. They're all weird this week. Uh, even though it's Eastern time, it's not like your traditional uh, first pitch times here coming up for the Brewers and the Rays this week down at the Trop in St. Petersburg. So we will be on the air right after Wisconsin's uh, afternoon news on Friday. For a 540 first pitch, Uh, coverage will start at 5.05 right here on WTMJ. And then on Saturday, it's a little earlier. It's an odd first pitch time. It'll be a 3.10 central time first pitch. So our coverage will start at 2. I've got Brewer's warm-up for you um, that day on Saturday. And then on Sunday, it'll be another odd time. It'll be a 12.40 first pitch. And again, our coverage will start at 1130 with Brewers warm-up. That's going to do it for us here this evening. Hope to check you out over the weekend against the Rays. Hey, maybe they're going to find their bats down there on the sun on the Gulf Coast. So crazier things have happened. Brewers need something good to happen real quick to their offense because it has not been fun to watch. But. Maybe this is, like I said Monday was, this has to be the wake-up call. It's not early anymore. You're finding out who you are. If this is who you are, it's time to make adjustments and see how the Brewers respond to the Tampa Bay Rays this weekend. We'll have post-game for you all weekend long. My thanks to Craig Gishon. My thanks to Isaac Marquardt, our producer. I'm Dominic Catronio. Good night from Milwaukee. Brewers fall 3-0. Until next time, keep on swinging.